0: TED Audio Collective. What is the status of your Facebook friendship right now? (laughs) Uh, I
1: don't think we're friends, are
0: we? You're not friends. Wait, so who unfriended
1: whom? Oh, God, I don't even... I mean, probably me or you. (laughs) I don't know. It's definitely you, Andrew. Andrew, you... It (laughs) it was was definitely (laughs) me? Jabari, it wasn't you. No. Then I guess it was probably me. Oh, my God. Yeah, but you did send me that really shitty meme.
0: And welcome to Conversations with People Who Hate Me, the show where I take negative online conversations and move them offline. I'm your host, Dylan Marin. Now, in some episodes, I chat one-on-one with folks who wrote negative things to me directly, while other times I moderate conversations between strangers who clashed with each other. Today, I'm moderating, but not between strangers. My guests today are friends. Or they were friends. They are unfriends. Jabari and Andrew had been Facebook friends for over a decade when they clashed over their political views during the 2016 election. But it's not how you might expect. They are both active participants on the left. Andrew is proudly a Democrat, while Jabari supports and even ran for local office with the Green Party. Their disagreements online, which were ultimately about how to best achieve progress, became so toxic that one unfriended the other first i'll speak to jabari then i'll speak to andrew and then i'll connect them on a group call where they'll have their first ever extended offline conversation about their disagreement so let's get started here is jabari I don't want to brag, but we're starting a minute early. Oh. So, Javari, <laughs> you get bragging rights, babe. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> Tell me about you.
2: Wow. <laughs> so broad. I'm a 30-year-old artist, activist, teacher that is trying to figure out, very recently, um, where... I should steer my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's staring me a lot towards politics mm-hmm. um, and uh, away from the arts, but in a good way, because mm-hmm. I really enjoy political organizing mm-hmm. now. And uh, I'm from New York. I'm from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Originally been here almost my entire life, except for when I left for grad school. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm vegan, which we tell everybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Jabari, you recently ran for office. Mm -hmm. What motivated
2: you to do that? You know, I had been doing a lot of activism for years and years and, like, all the rallies, all the protests, but also, like, getting, you know, drafting the petitions, getting them signed, um, fighting for this, fighting for that. And it stopped feeling like enough after Trump was elected. Mm-hmm. And, like, people had, like, mentioned to me on social media I should think about running. And I remember just standing in the rain the day, the night after he got elected at yeah. Trump Tower shouting till I was hoarse and thinking, like, this isn't going to do anything. This isn't enough. And I figured I'd run for office and I'd run at the local level because that's where you can make a big difference. And I ran on the Green Party ticket. Maybe people listening only know Republicans and Democrats, right?
0: Like, Mm -hmm. what is the Green Party?
2: So the Greens, uh, one thing in the name, which is uh, just ecological wisdom and ecological justice. So we're for the environment, and that's what people hear when they say green. Mm -hmm. But we're also for social justice and for peace and for grassroots democracy. Now, let's backpedal a little to the 2016 election, because the
0: reason we even started talking about you being on this podcast was uh, that You like almost all of us (laughs) were Mm -hmm. actively posting things online. Mm -hmm. Now you were actively posting in support of Bernie, Mm -hmm. right? And then you, as you told me, you were actively supporting uh, Jill Stein. Mm -hmm. What was the kind of pushback you got for that?
2: You know, it's crazy. I got a lot of pushback for for the Jill Stein, which is well, yeah. I mean, people felt like I was going to ruin America. What it (laughs) felt like to me. Um, And one of the amount of efforts to like, you know, get me to like fall in line and vote for Hillary Clinton, which seemed to me very unnecessary, especially given that I lived in New York and like it's gonna go blue anyway, but also just the, the sense of like, you know, your vote doesn't belong to any particular candidate. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I was really interested in building a third party and I knew that if the greens reached uh, 5% of the vote, that we get all these goodies like federal funding and ballot access in all these states. And I, yeah. I was like, well, I'm going to build a multi-party system. So what would you say to someone as I'm sure you've gotten a lot who said that by voting for Jill Stein, you elected Trump? <laughs> I would say that half the country did not vote. So this, this, uh, this notion that like, you know, if, only people hadn't voted for Jill Stein, they all would have voted for Hillary Clinton, is to me, as ridiculous as saying, if only Hillary Clinton hadn't ran, all our voters would have gone to Jill Stein, making Jill Stein win, which is not how voting works. When you don't have a candidate that represents you, you just don't vote. And that's evident from the half of the country that does not vote. They're apathetic. I would also mention that I begrudgingly, <laughs> despite my differences with Hillary Clinton, went down to Pennsylvania to knock on doors and help and try to broker some vote trades. I, I tried to Broker vote swaps in swing states where I would get people in swing states to vote for Hillary um, in exchange for somebody in a safe state like New York or California voting for Jill Stein. I wasn't super successful. I got, I brokered two (laughs) votes one in Pennsylvania, one in New Hampshire. I think she lost, I think Hillary lost both of those.
0: That's all there were. Those were the only two people who voted in the 2016 (laughs) election. So congratulations. (laughs) That's that's really great. Um, I remember in the 2016 election, I was seeing your posts, right? And seeing just like the war that was happening in the (laughs) comment sections, but it wasn't, Trump supporters, you know, who were, like, attacking you.
2: It was liberals who were very pro-Hillary. Uh, it was liberals, it was progressives, it was people that were for Bernie but had decided to go for Hillary. It was, uh, it was tons of things.
0: When I first approached you for this podcast to see if you wanted to have any of these conversations, you told me about a friend of yours, actually, named Andrew, who you are friends with IRL, and not friends with online. Tell me about the nuance of your relationship with
2: Andrew. So what's interesting with Andrew is that I, we met in 2005, mm-hmm. 13 years ago now, at a high school acting competition mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of high school. And probably did not talk. Again <laughs> for eleven years mm-hmm. until the twenty sixteen primaries. But you became friends on Facebook. We became friends on Facebook. The crucial inciting incident. Yes, yeah. yes. So and that's and that was and that was you know shortly after we met in two thousand five. <laughs> right, so right, we were right. friends on Facebook, right. but not. Talking, because yeah. you have many friends on Facebook mm-hmm. you don't talk to, yeah. and until, unless an election happens like 2016, oh, yes. and then you talk, because uh, yeah. I was a strong Bernie supporter, and he was a strong Hillary supporter, and uh, I mean, I, we, uh, we did not see eye to eye. And, <laughs> and how did that manifest in online speak? You know, he would troll some of my posts, I would troll some of his posts, mm-hmm. and uh, it would escalate just because thats thing that's the nature of Facebook arguments, and mm-hmm. especially if you start to develop a rivalry with somebody <laughs> on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not sure if everyone has one, but I, I definitely <laughs> started a few in the 2016 election, and it ultimately ended with him uh, unfriending me on Facebook, uh, probably, I think, during the primary still. Oh, so you're not currently friends on Facebook? We're No, no, we're not currently friends on Facebook. But oh, my God. Yeah, it's been... <laughs> it's been uh, Almost approaching two years now. Oh, I I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't tell you. Yeah. Oh, my God. We'll talk on Facebook Messenger. We're not friends. Oh,
0: my God. (laughs) That's... What That's, like, such a new modern thing <laughs> yeah. to, like, uh, that you are still connected on Messenger but not yeah. legally friends, according to Facebook. Yeah, and, like, my posts are public, his posts are public. So we can see what the other person's posting. That's but. so funny. So he made a post um, imploring his New York City friends to vote mm-hmm. uh, in the 2017 elections mm-hmm. when you were running. And in it, he made a point to say, don't
2: vote for Jabari Brisport. Yes. Mm-hmm. How did that feel? Terrible. um, Also because I saw it after I lost. (laughs) Oh,
0: great. (laughs) So you lost and then? Well, I
2: lost and he reached out. um, He sent me a message saying, you know, great job. Again, like you went up against an incumbent. uh, That's pretty, you know, 30%. So really, really admirable, especially Green Party. And I was like, oh, awesome. And then I was like, I started going through his, his, his like uh, wall again. I'm like, oh, Andrew's pretty nice. And I saw that post. And you're like, oh. I was like, WTF?
0: What is but, that? I mean, is there anything that you said in your back and forth with Andrew from the 2016
2: election to your 2017 election that you regret? Yeah. I would say after Trump got elected, I think the night that he won, I kind of sent him like this gotcha picture because I was just, I— Stumbled onto his <laughs> wall and here's this picture he had posted of himself just like really welling up with tears and holding his face in his hands. So I kinda like juxtaposed like what he had said with the image of him crying and yeah. like, I was like, Well this kind is, of
0: uh what what's the expression, um,
2: shoving his face in the dirt, uh rubbing his face in it or Yeah. But um yeah, and that was I think tactless and like also like he was probably still very upset. And this was like I think the day after mm-hmm. I was like, um Trump got like that when New York was so oddly silent mm-hmm. um, that, like, I sent that to him, and he didn't see it for months. <laughs> and then you you got the notification that he saw it. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Have you and Andrew ever had, like, a long, sustained conversation offline about your differences? No. Are you interested in it? Yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. Well, you've come to the
3: right place.
2: <laughs> Amazing. I'm really nervous all of a sudden. Really? <laughs> and it's not you. It's I know you're very... Uh, you're just a great host and great at making people feel comfortable, but it is like it's awkward yep. <laughs> to yeah. talk in person to someone that you've argued with online because we all say things online that we wouldn't say in person, and we also know we say things online yeah. when in person. And like I just, I'm already going through my head all the um, just the things I said that I wouldn't have said yeah. to his face. <laughs> but I think the same for him. It's not true. like a one
0: way street. Yeah, with you guys specifically. I mean, true. Hello. Hey, is this Andrew? Hey, yeah. Hey, Andrew, it's Dylan. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Wait, how was your amazing trip? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was just incredible.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was It was adventure in every sense of the word. I mean, like, it had, there was the great parts and then the kind of scary things going wrong parts. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Then the those also end up being great in retrospect, and the stories and all that stuff. So it had all like the good and the bad and everything in between, which is kind of all you can hope for.
0: Okay, great. So i I know you have lunch. You said at uh, 1:30, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we'll, uh, which I didn't know about. No, but... that that's okay. We'll we'll bang this out. But I just want to know, and as many details as you're comfortable telling me, um, tell me about you.
1: Ooh. Okay. <laughs> um. Let's see. I am a 31-year-old former actor and performer, but I now am going to grad school in political management. I am working with the National Parks Conservation Association, lobbying for protecting national parks, which is a joy right now. Mm, Um, Yeah, seriously. You have
0: have, have your hands full.
1: uh Uh-huh. Working on a campaign for Congress in Virginia for 2018. And I'm also an avid rock climber. and I work at a climbing gym in DC. I've got, I I do all sorts of all sorts crazy of things. things. So busy. Yeah. So
0: Andrew, you and Jabari got into what we can say is a very typical 2016 series of Facebook <laughs> fights with each other. Sure. And it was centering around the 2016 election, specifically from the vantage point of like, Jill Stein versus Hillary, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think of, you know it, it eventually or it initially was like the Bernie Hillary thing, and then evolved into the Stein Hillary thing once you know Hillary got the nomination. What
0: was it that kind of like built up the online animosity between you guys?
1: So I, what I always say is that with with Bernie, I actually agree with him on pretty much every single policy. Mm-hmm. Every single thing that he wants to see done is something I would be so happy about. Mm-hmm. However, if I don't think that that's possible in the environment we live in, and if there's – and if he doesn't have a you know plan to pay for those things, and if he doesn't have if, – if I look at the environment we're in and Congress is still going to be run by Republicans, and so if there's literally no pathway to achieve those goals, I think talking about them and pro- making promises that you know you can't fulfill mm-hmm. is, is disingenuous. And so – for me, I'm I'm a pragmatism over perfection kind of person.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I think making slow, steady progress, while it's not as exciting and it doesn't, you know, make the best bumper stickers mm. and doesn't rile up the biggest crowds,
3: mm-hmm.
1: it actually hurts fewer people as we get slowly towards the place we want to be, as opposed to the Bernie or Bust, Jill Stein wing, mm-hmm. that while I think they are actually right in the sense that I think Trump winning is going to get us closer towards progress faster than had Hillary won. Mm. But how many people are going to have to get hurt or die in the process? Like that's the difference. Hmm. So I'm not willing to let those people get hurt
3: Mm -hmm. for
1: progress, but the people who support, you know, the Bernie or Buster Jill Stein method, you know, when they know their candidate can't win Hmm. and that the, the support of that candidate helps Donald Trump in this instance, win, that, to me, signals that you care more about the policies you want enacted than you do about the real people's lives that are at stake. Mm-hmm. And that's something I can't, can't get behind.
0: Um, you made a public post right before the 2017 elections, the 2017 local elections, where you were imploring your New York friends to vote, but oh, yeah. you said, please don't vote for Jabari Brisport. <laughs> um, yeah. why, what, what inspired you to write
1: that? I guess we just operate from ver- two very different philosophies on how to achieve progress. Mm-hmm. And I think personally that his philosophy is not only somewhat dangerous, but also just ill-conceived.
0: So correct me if I'm wrong, to sum it up, you agree with him on an ethical level, but on a practical level, you guys feel like you're polar opposites. I think, I think that's
1: generally accurate.
0: So in this era of social media and, and in your exchanges with Jabari, did you ever feel like attacked by Jabari?
1: Oh, I mean, totally. Come on, (laughs) But uh, but also so did, but so did he. I mean, we, we both, we both dish it pretty well. Yeah. I mean, we ran, we ran into each other in real life at a rally, uh, in early, what, probably like early 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're totally like, Totally cool and totally cordial with each other, and just Mm -hmm. laughing like, oh my God, good to see you Mm. forever. And that was after, like, we'd already been pissed at each other online, right? Um, But in real life, you see each other and it's like, all that's not there.
0: So, you and Jabari have both dedicated yourself to politics and public service, right?
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: But in, in very different ways. So, what to you is the most productive way to take part in the political sphere
1: i don't think there's any one tried and true like across the board uh like best way to be involved i think just doing whatever you feel you're capable of doing is the best and for me i just happen to be somebody who is so incredibly passionate about this stuff and i live it and eat it and breathe it and sleep it
0: and i also think maybe the reason you and Jabari clashed online is because both of you have that passion.
1: Absolutely, right? Like, because both of us are very strong personalities.
0: Is there anything you want to express to Jabari that is hard to express online?
1: I would be interested to actually hear him a little bit more and, like, actually get an opportunity to, like, listen to the whys and the, you know, because I think what's interesting is I don't think people really listen online, like, oh, yeah. Because even though all the words are spelled out right in front of you and you could read them three, four, five oh, yeah. times if you wanted to, people don't. But when you're in person with somebody, you're much more cognizant of being an asshole yeah. in like person yeah. you know, yeah. than you are online.
0: So uh, now I guess both of you will get that opportunity.
1: Sounds good.
3: <laughs> hi, hi. <laughs> How's it going?
0: Stay right there. We'll be right back. Before we continue, I just want to say thanks for being here. Also, you can be on this show, too. Has someone said something negative about you online, or maybe you've said something negative about someone else? Either way, after this episode is over, go to www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com where you can fill out a guest form. And if you don't want to be on this show, that is totally cool. I appreciate you just the same. Maybe consider telling a friend about this show. Word of mouth has brought this podcast around the world, so your recommendation goes a long way. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Jabari, Andrew, we're here on the phone together. Awesome. Yes, we are. How about that? To start us off, is there anything that you said to the other person on this call that you now regret? I honestly
1: have a very poor recollection of specific things. I mean, I know it got like pretty bad at one point. What does pretty bad mean? Jabari, maybe you could honestly I, I <laughs> I'm just gonna ask you, because I can't was there something that I sent you that then gave you, like, the impetus to then send me that awesome screenshot. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problems.
2: (laughs) Uh, It was in one of our many (laughs) Facebook battles where uh, you're going back and forth and, like, rallying each other up to the point where I think you said, like, uh, I can't wait for all you Santa supporters dreams to be oh. crushed. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right, 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 right. Like, I don't actually think I've ever called you a, like, shit human being or something or, like, that you're... I mean, if I have, I apologize because I don't think you are, but... Um, <laughs> no, I don't think you are either.
3: <laughs> oh, guys. All right, great. Look, the world oh, is amazing.
1: beautiful. <laughs> um, but even though the words themselves, maybe, like, taken out of context and said differently don't really sound that bad... The feeling that I was feeling behind writing them was really angry, you know, like was really Mm -hmm. like actually like very emotionally invested in it. So it's not so much that I don't agree with the stuff behind what I said, but maybe the way I did it or said it or whatever, I could have, you know, done in a better, less, you know, like a petty way.
0: Jabari, same question for you. Is there anything that you regret saying to or about Andrew on Facebook?
2: Yeah, definitely that screenshot meme. <laughs> <I made laughs> yeah, for Andrew. <laughs> um, I mean, in the in the moment, it felt like the right thing to do, mm-hmm. just because, like, truthfully, like I know, like part of, part of it was like the text saying, like, I can't wait for your dreams to be crushed, and like my dreams were crushed. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but then you then, found a photo of Andrew with his dreams crushed.
2: Yeah, and like I just, it just felt like the right. I wanted to. Yeah. Find a wound that you had and rub salt in it. Yeah, (laughs) um, yeah. yeah. You you did a good job of that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So so sorry.
0: (laughs) Well, it seems like you both had wounds and you both knew where the salt was.
1: Yeah. I think that's probably pretty accurate, yeah.
0: Okay, great. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Um, Now, I want to kind of turn this conversation a little more macro because this kind of contentious exchange that you had is actually not specific to the two of you, right? This was mm-hmm. happening in comment sections and in inboxes all around the internet, where there was this like Jill Stein versus Hillary battle to the death. Do you guys think that that was
2: worthwhile? Uh, I don't. I don't know if anybody changed anyone's minds. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it even like made things worse. It just like these people really entrenched themselves on. On Facebook, and I've just seen it in comment section. And like nobody walks away from a Facebook argument feeling like they should change their mind. I think they walk away and start doing Google searches to like find extra mm-hmm. data or research for why they because you know, why they're right because they have to be right. Yeah, it's out in public now. And we do live in a time when you
0: can find the data to back up your point. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, it's it's less like finding. You ask a question and then search for an answer. It's more you have an answer. And you search for all of the evidence to back up that answer, right?
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Actually, I think I think Jawari is a hundred percent correct on that. Um, my dad is a, a political psychologist, and recently was part of a paper that got published that definitively showed that when you actually argue with somebody about policies or you know politics in general, all you're doing is strengthening their own beliefs. And so basically, the more you challenge somebody's opinion, the stronger their arguments become. You know, if I'm a Hillary person arguing with a Jill Stein person, by doing that and trying to convince them they're wrong, I'm actually helping that person develop better arguments to support Mm -hmm. their Mm -hmm. own position. Hmm. Learning about that, and actually this whole last, you know, two years or so, has made me sort of start to reevaluate how... We have these conversations just because if trying to convince somebody does the opposite, then why do we keep doing it? Yeah. Or <laughs> why do I mm-hmm. keep doing it, right? Yeah. So I
0: guess I just need to bring this up. It feels like all of this is kind of a moot point because neither Jill Stein nor Hillary nor Bernie are president and Trump is president. So do you feel like what you engaged in was just— fruitless infighting, or do you think there was um, a purpose to your arguments
2: online? Uh, I wouldn't say it was fruitless. Like, I mean, I learned I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from for me personally, like, it, it really strengthened my sense of, like, and, and honed my sense of what I want out of politics. But in terms of, like, political change, I would say it did not accomplish much, if anything.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so this is the part where, like, this could get contentious. Okay, babe, Um, bring it on. Because I honestly truly believe that a lot of the discussions that took place on social media surrounding, you know, the Bernie versus Hillary, Jill versus Hillary, uh, how terrible Hillary was, genuinely hurt her in the polls. And so it's really hard for me to say, that the negative discussions and the anger and the arguing had no impact because I think it did have an impact. I think it had a negative impact.
2: I Okay. I mean, so obviously I disagree, but (laughs) (laughs) mostly because I know that I made up my mind so early on even, even regards to Jill. I knew Jill was going to be my number two, like back in like, I would say February of the uh, 2016 election. And like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know of anybody who made their who made their decision to vote based on, like, what they were seeing in Facebook arguments. It seemed like the arguments themselves were the product of people having staked out who they were going to vote for originally. I, I think it's just, like, social media was more of a reflection of what was already in people's minds. And, like, I just—I just I have a hard time buying this narrative that there was this voter out there that was maybe on the fence— And, you know, they just they saw enough memes and they decided to flip over a candidate. Like, did you
0: individually feel like you got something out of your Facebook battle with each other?
3: I
1: honestly do learn a lot through having them. But
0: um, I, I mean, even the, like, did you feel
1: like
2: you got something out of the barbs? Oh no, that's just, that's just bullshit. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. Great.
2: Yeah. I can't think of anything. I mean, I, I, just, <laughs> I, I learned how to be a better debater, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Andrew's a good debater. Just, but,
1: I mean, that's just the ego shit coming into it. Right. Like, you know, it, it gets to a point where you're just trying to win instead of learn mm-hmm. something or, you know, convince or, or whatever you're trying to do. Right. You're just trying to like look better.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, This is very macro. Do you believe in incremental change or radical change in terms of achieving progress?
1: Um, I believe that all radical change comes incrementally. I think that every giant change that has ever happened in this country was boiling under the surface for decades. And it all was a process that you can trace back to individual people taking steps and then it building on the next step and the next step and the next step. And and it builds into a movement and a wave until it gets to that tipping point, right? And then it tips and then it happens, right? And it feels like it happened overnight, but it didn't. Nothing has ever happened overnight. For me, I'm thinking about the human cost of progress. And yes, I think blowing up the system and burning it to the ground makes change happen faster, it also hurts way more people in the process. So what we're seeing right now, I think we're going to, because of Donald Trump, get faster progressive change than we would have under Hillary Clinton. I think the Bernie or Bust people were right about that. However, look at the human cost right now.
2: Yeah, I... um like to just for the record say, I'm not an accelerationist. I don't know about, I also disagree with the people that were saying, let's make it get really bad (laughs) first in order to speed up progressive changes. And in terms of radical versus incremental, like I hear the argument about like, you know, things moving incrementally and eventually leading to radical change. But I just think that in order to even get it to move, get the needle to move, like we just have to be radical and we have to make radical demands. And that comes from my experience in the the gay marriage movement, where I even started out thinking I was the reasonable, practical one saying that gay marriage wouldn't happen, maybe not even in our lifetimes, but that we should fight for civil unions first. And that was the accessible, practical, like reasonable thing to do. And once we won those, we would get marriage and eventually being swung over by people say, saying, no, we're going to demand for equality and nothing less. And watching them fight and fight and yeah, it happened incrementally, state by state, until it stopped being incremental. And um that's that's kind of where I, I see how like the, the best victories happen is when you are and when you know you're right and you you resolutely demand it and you push for it, and like a tug of war, you pull with all your might and it moves a tiny, tiny bit and every little bit until you know the whole team comes crashing over to your side. So I know I'm just,
0: like, a fly on the wall here uh-huh. on this conversation, um, but I have to say I feel like in this conversation about, like, what what is, like, the most effective way to get change and listening to you guys, I feel like it takes both of you. Like, I feel <laughs> like it takes – it is the – tension, actually, between Andrew, your perspective, and Jabari, your perspective, that actually pushes to that. Like, I feel like every movement has benefited from, you know, radical people who pushed equality, 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 and then the people who were at the other end of the seesaw saying incremental, incremental, incremental. And then either way, like, that energy between them and that tension
1: between them created the change. I think that's absolutely correct assessment, because also I'm not perfectly consistent on this either. Like, I I don't think that incrementalism is always correct.
3: Mm -hmm. And
1: I don't think radicalism is always wrong. You know, it's not so much that, so the people on, you know, who feel like I do, I, I don't think we necessarily, you know, like to brand ourselves as incrementalists or whatever, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's, it's, uh, it's just working within the structure of the system that currently exists, right? Like not wishing that the system were something else but seeing it for the way it is and how can i play the game the best i can under the current rules the way they're set up so that we can win i've always i've always felt that that it's massively important to have people who are on the far you know extremes of the party who can rally that base and have people who are able to negotiate around that middle section right and you need both of those but the problem is you need them working together mm-hmm. not for completely separate aims. That's the issue that we run into I think sometimes.
2: Yeah, I would I would I would agree about the working together thing and just like I mean that comes up for me too like I'm in the I'm in the Democratic Socialist of America and we we argue internally on our mm-hmm. own just about electoral politics cuz a solid base inside the organization wants to work Within the Democratic Party electing socialists as Democrats, and then another solid base wants to work outside the Democratic Party on the, you know, to the left of it. And we argue about it all the time. And then the people release their platforms and people release their and it's it's kind because of, it goes back to like the you know, that, like what your dad was talking about, uh, mm-hmm. Andrew too, with just the arguments getting stronger. It's like, you know, this person reach, reach releases their 30-point, 30, 30, 30 page. Point uh, mm-hmm. thing of why we need to be working outside yeah. the party, and then the other side has their their thirty page whatever, and um, we had a great compromise in New York City where the organization endorsed one Democrat um, for the twenty seventeen elections and one Green mm. for the twenty seventeen elections, and in both scenarios got around five hundred people out to um, volunteer and work on both campaigns, and it was it was it's it's good to be able to work together on a common goal, even yeah. if we don't all agree on the. Ex- on, all, on every single like bit of minutia.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree because the thing is, the thing that frustrates me honestly with with all of it is that I think Jabari and I probably agree again on like ninety six percent of mm-hmm, things, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But yet we let that like four percent drive a wedge in between us. I think there is room for these two sides to work together, but the problem is it it, it takes more nuance than we're able to get into on social media. I feel like and like. Memes don't allow for nuance, and any sort of productive relationship, I feel like, between these two sides is going to have levels of nuance.
0: Maybe, please confirm, but this conversation had a little more nuance than your Facebook back and forth? Just a tiny bit. Just <laughs> yeah. like a,
1: a, a
2: smidgen.
0: <laughs> I, was,
1: I was literally just going to say that. Yeah, just like the smallest, yeah, ever, smallest. So slight, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah slightest <laughs> yeah. bit.
0: Um, So I have to ask, what is the status of your Facebook friendship right now?
1: Uh, I don't think we're friends, are we?
0: We're, you're not friends. Wait, so who unfriended whom? Oh God, I don't even. I mean, probably me or you. <laughs> I don't know. It's definitely you, Andrew. Andrew, you. It, it was okay. So it was it, definitely it, me.
1: Jabari, it wasn't you. No, A- Andrew. I then I guess it was probably me. Oh my oh, God. Yeah, but you did send me that really shitty meme.
0: So. <laughs> guys, guys, we were, we were doing so well. We were doing so well.
1: Um, okay,
0: let's. No, I know, I know. I know. Um, but back on track. Do you think that uh, maybe after this call you would become Facebook friends again? <sighs> <laughs>
1: up, to, up to you, Andrew. No, no, no. Listen, I, I actually. Yeah, I. I mean, I personally, I would, I would totally be friends again. That's not like even in a question in my mind because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be way more conscious of you know what happened in 2016 was a result of echo chambers right was about like sort of everybody you know cultivating the perfect news feed that reaffirmed all their own belief systems and made them think we were you know they were right about everything and everybody pushed out anybody who didn't agree with everything that they agreed you know they Mm -hmm. felt and I, I mean, I definitely did that with you. And I know people do that to me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really long-winded way of saying, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally down. <laughs> to, be, to be Facebook friends again. I would be willing to give it a shot. <laughs>
2: okay. Okay, Jabari, what about you? I'm going to give it a shot, too. We actually we actually will probably get along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, listening to this we,
0: conversation, I'm like, these are friends who ultimately <laughs> get along. It's just so funny that your online relationship is so
1: different. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that I think that is that is a perfect micro. Like, I mean, you could apply that to just the world. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: As a closing question, I just have to ask: Is is there anything you're going to do differently after this call?
1: I might
2: reach out to some of the other people that <laughs> are. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, can I say Andrew-esque? <laughs> other people I may yes. have sparred oh, with. Please mm-hmm.
1: feed my ego like that. I love it. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Other people I might have spar with, and like uh, maybe get a conversation going, because uh, uh, this was this was, uh, pretty nice, I think. <laughs> pretty nice, I think.
0: That should be the tagline <laughs> of this podcast. Pretty nice, I think. <laughs> Andrew, what about <laughs> pretty you? Pretty
1: nice, I think. Yeah. Um, I love I love moments like this, right? Because we do genuinely disagree on a few things, and especially on tactics, right? But I also want to believe that there is room for both and I want to believe that there's a way for us to figure out how to all work together because, oh my God, we have a common enemy, right? (laughs) Like we have a very clear common enemy. So why can't we just fucking get together and work on it? Like, all right. I think there's like, I think there's will to make that happen. But I, I, but I think that what that takes from people like me is to just do a hell of a lot more listening and stop thinking that I inherently know all the answers because obviously I don't because I was wrong quite a bit in the last year and a half or so. I, I, I would, I also always, I feel pretty similarly like that. I would love to reach out to other people who I've gotten into, you know, emotional fights with and try and, you know, take that emotion out of it and just, you know, see each other as, as people and try and get to the root of, you know, all of it. Guys, this is beautiful. Look at us.
0: <laughs> never, I, I can say. Oh, I know.
1: change in the world. <laughs>
0: change in the world, all three of us. I can say with certainty, never on this show has there been a Facebook friendship that has been repaired. <laughs> um, so this is a first,
1: and I'm very proud. Wow, all right. Well, there you go. Now, here, here's the thing. I will not guarantee that I will always follow you but we will be friends.
0: What do you what do you mean always that? follow follow like <laughs> follow beliefs? You can be friends
1: but unfollow somebody? Oh, so you, don't you see mean they are like wow. stuff in your news feed That's as shady. Much. You yeah. can't escape
2: me, man. I have people yeah. that unfollowed, yeah. like, am yeah. a friend of I mean, theirs listen. liked my comments. So they had to see I, I,
1: it. It's I, like, needed, I needed to add a little bit of contention. I right? love, like, Andrew, I love the contention. It was way this was happy. Yes,
0: this is perfect. Way this is happy. a cliffhanger for the franchise of the Jabari versus Andrew <laughs> conversation. This is tipping for the sequel. So it's all happening. Um, right.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Well, uh, Jabari and Andrew, thank you so much for being part of this conversation. Any final things you want to say?
1: I just want to say thank you to Jabari for even – because I know, Dylan, you went to him and asked who he wanted to talk to, and he mentioned me. And I actually just really appreciate that even if that means that we had, you know, difficult conversations in the past, It mean, you know, I, I, I appreciated the opportunity to be able to talk to you and in person and, and, you know, have this discussion. So thanks for that.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I figured you'd be a good person to talk to. I mean, <laughs> it was almost because, you know, I know we had some really deep disagreements, but I also deep down, I did kind of hear <laughs> what you were saying and I thought it might be good to
1: talk it out. Yeah. Oh, I think one last thing, really, cause I think that's, that's actually really interesting is that even if, you know, two people who are fighting on the internet, make points that actually do get through to the other person. You can't admit it on mm-hmm. the internet, yeah. right? Like you right. you've got to like keep that armor and that like persona intact, mm-hmm. right? So even if there's one tiny thing that may have been like, "Oh, well, okay, well maybe he's not so bad." You still like you're you're trying to play to your audience too, right? Yeah. And so that's it's nice to sort of like get out of all that bullshit and like let that go and talk as like just people. Yeah. And you know, and, uh, yeah, this, is, this has actually been really great. So thank you both, oh. actually. Well,
0: I guess I will see you guys on the internet.
2: <laughs> see you on the internet.
1: All right.
0: Sounds good. Okay. Um, <laughs> bye, Andrew. Bye, Dylan. Bye, Jabari.
2: Bye, Andrew. Nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. That
0: was a... Uh, I thought that went really that well. That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> If you'd like to be a guest on this show and take your own online conversation and move it offline, please visit www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com for more information. Conversations with People Who Hate Me is a production of Night Vale Presents. Vincent Cachione is the sound engineer and mixer. Christy Gressman is the executive producer. The theme song is These Dark Times by Caged Animals. The logo was designed by Rob Wilson. And this podcast was created, produced, and hosted by me, Dylan Marin. Special thanks to Adam Cecil, Emily Moeller, and our publicist, Megan Larson. We'll be releasing episodes every other week, so I'll see you in two weeks with a brand new conversation. Until then, remember, there's a human on the other side of the screen. We're racing, racing through these dark times. It's hard
2: to take it, but we're gonna make it through these dark times. Make it through
0: these
3: dark times. dark time